0: Welcome to fried the ultimate guide to burnout podcast if you've ever been burnt out because of your job your relationship or just your life. This is the place for you. We will talk all things burnout by sharing deep stories of personal transformation each week with a new guest who vows to share their stories without leaving out the scary bits. This is raw, honest and brought to you by acupuncturist and burnout coach Kate Donovan, whose own experiences make her determined to change the current burnout culture. Hi, everybody. I just wanted to jump on really quick before this particular episode starts because I have gotten a lot of questions recently about whether or not you can work with me online. And the answer to that question is absolutely yes. If you want any of the information about that, you can head to katedonovan.com, C A I T D O N O V A N.com, and click on the coaching tab, and that will give you your options. I start every new client with a 20 minute call to figure out if we're a good match. I don't want to work with you and I don't want you to work with me if I'm not exactly what you need. So we go through these 20 minutes first to create a plan if there's one to create. And if not, then I will help set you up with whatever it is that I think you might need that is not me. Um, So if you head over to katedunivan.com, you can book a free 20 minute call and we will figure out what we need after that. All right. Talk to you soon. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another great episode of Fried the Burnout Podcast. Today, my guest is Natalie Norris, who is a holistic nutritionist at Glow Nutritional Consulting. She's helped hundreds of women feel their best from around the world. She turns exhaustion into energy and lethargy into motivation, allowing her amazing clients to say yes to the big dreams in their hearts. Nathalie, welcome to the show.
1: Hi, thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me.
0: You're coming to us all the way from Toronto today, correct?
1: Yes, Toronto, Canada. Yes.
0: We love Toronto. I have some some family from um, just north of Quebec City.
1: Wow.
0: Yeah. So oh, that's it's That's awesome. I have the my grandfather's name was Maurice Bedard. So we have to, <laughs> <laughs> some of the some of the French carries through. My mom still sings French Christmas carols. That's amazing. <laughs> yeah, it's a funny I little thing. To,
1: I have to admit um my name is just Natalie and oh, it's great. actually not from the French side at all though that is Oh, that's so that funny. spells it with the h and I yeah. love that. Um, as a kid, it was the only place that I could find souvenirs that had my name spelt.
0: Yeah, right. That's so funny. As soon as I saw it, oh my God, I'm sorry for mispronouncing it then, Natalie. As soon as I saw it, I was like, oh, I can read this because I know
1: what this means. Yes, yes. No, for sure. My mom, um, it was very sweet, but she wanted all of her daughters to have uh, something special that made their name different than most other people. So it's just oh, cute.
0: A, an added...
1: <laughs> Detail, but it's not (laughs) French.
0: Oh, but isn't that funny? The The world is so funny. All right. So I've started every episode by asking my guests to share with the listeners their burnout story, what happened to them, what they were feeling, what their body went through, what their mindset went through, sort of the whole deal. So if you just want to jump in and share your story, I am going to be thrilled to listen. For sure. Okay. So
1: I think my story starts best for sure. Um, I was 18 and I wasn't sure kind of what to do with my life yet in terms of universities or college or direction. And um, I had this, I still don't know the reason. Um, So some people call it a calling or I'm not sure. I just had this Need to uh, go to India and to volunteer in an orphanage. So I think my story really starts there. Um, and I got into India and was blasted with this. I'm from Canada, so it's <laughs> it can be quite chilly here. Um, and uh, we got onto the the landing strip, and I had never done huge international travel like that before I had never really traveled alone um and we got on the landing strip and there was like a bus to come pick us up and the staircase kind of went down onto the tarmac and you were just hit with this huge wave of of like the most damp heat I had ever been exposed to before and when you're traveling to a country like that, there are certain medications like, um, anti malarials that you're taking every day. And you're in a good situation of kind of having no access to the foods that you did or that you were used to eating at home. Um, and so I was, I spent the first week uh, kind of learning a little bit of Hindi Um, and then the second week I jumped into the orphanage which was my uh, work and, and kind of my meaning for being there and so the kids were the most wonderful spark of life just beautiful it was so so wonderful and then on the side of Burnout. It was this really interesting time in my life because because I was traveling alone and and there was so much kind of freedom around that. There were these amazing highs that I experienced over there. Even doing simple things like taking a um, like a joint a taxi. They're called rickshaws over there. They're like these small little. A, 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 kind of bus cars that like 15 people pile into and you'll go to the market. So there were there were simple moments or or moments that looked very simple that for me were such huge highlights and just amazing moments. And at the same time, I was really starting to kind of degrade my own well being, I was eating the most of the meals at the orphanage, were incredibly spicy, and uh, so I mostly ate what was called chapates, like these little tortillas for um, for two months. That was kind of I had tortillas, and then I had this drink that my dad had always brought on canoe trips called Tang. That's like this orange astronaut drink. So I had that. And then I would frequently go to the market just trying to find anything. And the market was seven kilometers away on this like very slow moving, crowded, cramped, like boiling hot, but so beautiful taxi. And I would go to the market and the only thing that reminded me of home um, was the chocolate bars that I could find. And they were completely in Hindi. They, I have no idea they weren't a brand that I was familiar with by any stretch, but the fact that I could get chocolate was like this Holy grail, just like beautiful thing. And so when you're eating tortillas and chocolate and sugar water for several months and also having such emotional swings from, from trying to understand the culture at first to then kind of hating everything about the culture and then kind of finding your way through loving how amazing certain aspects of it are and really kind of connecting in with it, um, you do start to burn out. And so when I got back, um, I traveled or when I got back, I, um, there was a month where I was at home with my parents again and still trying to figure out what to do and then my boyfriend at the time, my now husband, um, and I moved in together. And this was another time where it was the most amazing, beautiful, so fun. We're living together. This is awesome uh, time. And then also we had bought this um, espresso machine upon moving in together. And uh, I would have like a quadruple like just huge huge coffees even if I was having a day in where I was like trying to get the laundry done and the kitchen cleaned maybe like I so I think the chocolate bars and tang turned into coffee and coffee and coffee and coffee and coffee Um, and it was really a situation where I was happier than I had ever been And also, more depressed and lethargic and heavy feeling, and couldn't motivate myself to get off the couch than I had ever been, which then led into kind of guilt for feeling like you should be happier and you should be able to go do things. Um, But even when you talk about the mindset of burnout or the energy or what I was going through, it was hard at that point to go for a walk. And I know that sounds crazy for people who maybe haven't had the experience of going through it. But I think for anybody who has, I wanted to share that because it was simple things that I was grappling with and struggling with. And uh, yeah, I remember my husband so lovingly being like, Hey, do you want to go for a walk? Or do you want to like, we could just do uh, around the block. And sometimes we would, and it would be beautiful. And other times it was just like I can't like I just I don't have that go that has always been here before so I think that would be kind of the basic side of my burnout story if that
0: yeah this hard to go for a walk is something that I experienced during my story as well I had a short walk from the tram back to my apartment in Prague this was the second time I burnt out because I did it at least twice um And it was just a four minute walk, but it was uphill. And when I was burnt out, I would finish just a six hour shift of my job, which I loved. And I would be so exhausted that I would have to take a break halfway up the hill. Yeah. It's it's a four minute walk. I was taking, (laughs) it was two minutes and then a break.
1: Oh, completely. Yeah, and I love that you mentioned that um, burning out is something that you have done a couple of times because it's certainly something that I have to keep on top of all of the time. I don't know if the first time you've done it, you pre-expose for for future times, but it is something that that I am genuinely always kind of monitoring of like, have I um, had the right foods right now? Have I been doing my supplements? Have I all of the different things that helped me really kind of cope through that? Um, are things that I still very much have in place just to make sure that I kind of stay above. I always explain to clients, there's this amount of busyness where it feels like a wave is coming in at you and you feel like you're on top of the wave. You're kind of coasting over it. You're productive and you're getting it all done, but it's good and you're doing okay. And there's this other set of stress where the same kind of stress load wave is coming at you and you are dragged underneath it and kind of like pulled out to sea. And, um, yeah, it's really, it's really amazing to be able to kind of keep yourself on top of that.
0: Yeah. I think for most people that have a tendency toward burnout, it is something that repeats And it is something that they have to stay on top of. This is something that I talk about a lot on the podcast because I want people to get this sort of really deep into their heads that it's not you're going to burn out, you're going to survive it basically, and then you're going to go live your life and forget about it. Because once you've experienced that chronic stress and that, that it's affected you to a cellular level, to a brain function level, even brain size and shape will change when you're in chronic stress, whether that chronic stress is from major experience, whether it's from emotion, whether it's from chapatis ting and chocolate, <laughs> you know, yeah. right? You, your body will now sort of, and, and everyone has a predisposition to sort of the problem that they have. Like, I know I'm leaning toward burnout when certain things start happening in my body, if I start to get a little more like candida-like symptoms. So my scalp you know, starts to get more flaky and my, I get some neck pain. And there's, there's a, a host of things that are burnout symptoms for my particular body that I stay on top of. And if they are not burnout symptoms in other people, I have found through my acupuncture practice through the years, that most people do have some yellow and red flag symptoms. In their bodies, whether it's leading them to burnout or whether it's leading them to a migraine, are different, you know, doesn't really matter. But no matter what, there's always going to be something, I believe, in our lives, whether it's burnout or migraines or, you know, arthritis or whatever it happens to be, that we have to maintain a practice of taking care of. And it is my choice to believe that we have those signs to sort of help keep us on track. Oh,
1: absolutely. And I think you start to become grateful for them, especially when you know what to do or what really works for you. Um, I know there's always a a kind of time if... If I'm not starting to sleep well, uh, if I'm kind of noticing there's a bigger gap between when I lie down and kind of being in that state that's kind of in between that kind of Mm disorder between being awake and sleep, if that starts to extend, um, I know that meditation is really useful for me to kind of bring those levels back. And um, I wanted to throw in my symptoms just in case other people. don't resonate with what it is for you, but I'm so happy that you shared them because those are so different from my own symptoms um, that it. I wanted to share. My body just feels heavy, and it's not tied to weight. Like I, I am really careful when I talk about kind of feeling heavy or feeling light. It's really not about body weight at all. It's this kind of. It feels like in the burnout, in the kind of heavy burnout of the past, it feels like my body was so heavy and whatever mental force I had to try and lift it was not enough. And now one of my kind of like yellow flag symptoms is I tend to be fairly cheery or fairly bright. And when that energy starts to go down, when, when there is any kind of a heaviness, I know it's like, it's time to stop. (laughs) Let's stop what we've been doing and start getting back to the basics of really doing those self-care things that really work as well personally for me.
0: Yeah, and you actually have um this is a, a really great segue. Thank you for saying exactly those words because I have <laughs> open on my computer an Instagram post of yours that ties to this very subject. Oh. <laughs> and you said this is from the 4th of Feb, but you said a happy joyful mindset requires a few things body balance, new thoughts, and saying yes to more things in your heart. And you went on to say, body balance means your hormones are balanced, your diet supports your dreams, and you're capable of a happy mindset because your body isn't constantly putting out internal fires, right? And you you refer to the, the heavy state again, new thoughts arise because your body is working in a lighter, happier state. I'm not referring to weight here as much as feel And lowered stress responses. And the addition that you put in, you put this in parentheses, but I think it was majorly important. And you said, Some people try to work backwards and apply affirmations first. While I live for Louise Hay, I do notice that when you feel happy and bright, the affirmations glide in. If you feel heavy, lethargic, or angry, you doubt them and they can't settle in and change things. God, I love this so much. Oh,
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Thank you. Um, it is. It's. It's one of those things. I, I think, especially in the self-help world of books, of, of which I am such a fan, there are so many great ones. Um, it, it, there is this idea that I often see missed somehow that your body doesn't matter. That it's strictly about your thoughts or realigning your thoughts or going back through shadow work or all of these ideas that are genuinely helpful. But I can tell you that if I was reading that in a burnout state, I would want to lift the middle finger at the entire section. Yes. Whereas when you come from Finally having, and I'm talking like even just the starts of energy when you have been in a burnout state, when you are just starting to move back up in the very beginning of feeling like yourself again, that is that's when you can really start to put those pieces into place and everything will kind of help together. Or if you're totally out of that realm, you don't even need to, and that's fine too. But if you are into that kind of stuff and you have not had success or you have not felt really strong with it before, then it really can be that underlying, like your body is just crying out. It's giving you a sign that it's not doing well. And until you start to fix that sign with, in my case, the nutrients and the herbs and the superfoods or the lifestyle pieces that make that change, or maybe in your case, the acupuncture or any of the other amazing modalities and help out there. Until you start to have that change in your body, that mindset stuff is going to feel
0: so much harder. Yeah, it's going to feel impossible. This is something that I write about quite a bit is the we have come as a culture as north american culture to accept the word psychosomatic that there are things that are happening in our body because of what's happening in our brain but the word that i choose to use more often is somatopsychic flipping that around because quite often there are things happening in our body that are preventing us from like you said getting to those affirmations i actually had a coaching call with someone a couple of months ago and when I do a coaching call, I do a full Chinese medicine diagnosis beforehand Amazing. because I need to know if your body is in a state to allow your mind to do the work that we're going to do. And if it's not, then our first job is to figure out what it is you need to do to get back into that state because I do not want to waste your time and money coaching you when you, you can't do it.
1: Yeah, of course.
0: When you can't do it. So I, I did this, I did a consult and she sent me her info. And we got on our first call and I said, listen, to be honest, I don't even really want to talk to you today because you have something that you mentioned earlier that you you walked out of the plane and you felt this damp heat. Well, damp heat in Chinese medicine is a diagnosis. Like your body can have damp heat, not just right. the environment around you, but your body can have damp heat. Yeah. and." Hers was not hot. It was just dampness at the time, but I was reading through her things. I said, it's impossible for you in the state that your body is in right now to feel clear enough to have these conversations and then take action on them. There is way too much dampness going on. You're going to be foggy headed and bloated and tired and feeling heavy, not necessarily weight, like you said, and feeling heavy and you're not going to be able to do this. So what I want you to do based on her particular systems i gave her a tea to drink for 2 weeks i said and after 2 weeks i want to let i want you to let me know if you still need me because once you clear this out you might not it anymore yes. it might be fine so yeah. we ended up only doing one coaching call instead of 3 you know we did the initial sort of the free consult i gave her something to do she did it for 2 weeks she said i still need you we did one call and at the end of that call we were both like okay you're good it's amazing. I have such respect and love for
1: the Eastern medicine systems. I fall into Ayurveda most of the time, and and sometimes a little bit of TCM, and they are phenomenal. Like if I could just like read a book for pure passion and like love. I tend to fall those two ways or that self-help area (laughs) as well, but it's so beautiful. And what I love most about them is however weird they sound, it is stuff that we are now that we have the science that they didn't have when they knew these things. I don't know if it was intuitively or just through response in, in, Patients back then, but it is amazing because all of this new research that we're uncovering seems to prove the exact same things. Where it's like time and time again, and I'm just ah, oh, I'm, so, <laughs> I'm so in love with those.
0: Yeah, I share that obsession. <laughs> yes, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you said that you were feeling you know, you got back, you moved in with your boyfriend and you were feeling happier and more depressed and less motivated. And it was hard for you to go for a walk. What was going on in your mindset during that? If you remember, because I know that it's so easy. And I think this is, I, I said before the call that I think one of the big problems in the self-help world is we don't talk about how dark it got before we got better. We share these stories of how things are light now, but but we don't really share how deep and dark it was beforehand. And I think, I don't think people are doing that intentionally. I think oftentimes it happens because we forget. Mm. We forget how crappy it was because we're supposed to forget how crappy it was. You know, if you stub your toe in the morning, you're not supposed to remember that feeling when it's not necessary anymore. It's supposed to go away. So I think we oftentimes skate over the difficult parts because we've sort of lost touch with what they felt like. So to the best of your ability, yeah. what was going on for you in your mind at that time while you well, were in that state?
1: Yeah. Well, I, I love the stub toe analogy. Um, I would say for me, for that time, it is so real and palpable that I, I feel like, and it may be slightly different. And I also want to know, uh, because we're talking about what was going through my mind at the time, am I allowed to swear? Oh Oh. yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. okay. (laughs) Um, so at that time, I think what was going through my mind at that time was like a bunch of not understanding, like why the hell am I such a loser? Like, why am I, why can't I just go for a stupid walk? Like, um, I was, I didn't have great body image at the time either. So there was also like, why do I look fat today? Or um, just a whole bunch of kind of, and that was cycling like over and over and over. And I think the main relief that I knew how to get from that at the time was sleep. It was the only time that that cycle of thoughts stopped, even if it started First thing, if you woke up in the middle of the night, or first thing back in the morning, there was th- there was finally that moment of it stopping, that was so um, valuable. So I would say things like that were were cycling pretty big. And then at the time, I was um, I was so blessed to see my uh, sister in law have uh, have twin girls who are phenomenal and is so sparkly. And I was looking ahead, knowing that at some point I do want to have kids. And I was looking at it being like, how do you even have the energy for any of this? Like, it, and I, I think that was something that was really, I kind of, I looked at a future that I wanted and I knew that I couldn't do it. Oof. And I, I think that was the biggest um, kind of catalyst for, for change.
0: That's pretty powerful. So, sleep was your escape really at the time?
1: Hugely. Yeah, it was the only time, it was the only way I knew how to get my brain to just shut up for,
0: for a yeah.
1: while in that state yeah
0: well and then how do you differentiate and i've and i've asked this question um, quite a bit since i started doing the burnout research which was some about sort of the first quarter of 2018 mm-hmm. how do you differentiate then the difference between depression and burnout or do you
1: if i'm being incredibly honest, please do. Um, yeah, then I don't, for me, um, personally, I have a family history of depression. I struggled and was medicated, um, during grade 10 and Mm -hmm. maybe part of grade 11. Um, and it was very much the same, the same loss of control of, yourself and feeling like you, even when I was taking medication, the reason that I ended up stopping was because it did some very strange things to my thought process where sometimes I would take action and then realize I had done the thing that I had just taken action on. And that was incredibly scary for me. Um, and so, um, yeah, when I, when I look back at that, the other time. So fast forward, um, however many years old you are in, in grade 10, 11, over to, to being 19 now and in the apartment, I think that was the first time I really, I'm hesitant to say dealt with depression, but I think that was the first time I really, um, had not been medicated and had had some bad experiences in the past with, um, psychologists and psychiatrists and psychotherapists. And so kind of was a little bit closed off to that route as well. And honestly just felt it. Um, so for me, in my case, they were very similar. And I think severe burnout. I mean, it, for me, what that means was um, feeling apathy, feeling um, no motivation, really not having that kickstart or like that go at all. Um, feeling I think the the biggest thing was feeling unable to do things and wanting to do things, and then the pressure mounting, thinking that you're lazy, it, that you should be doing things all in one body, all together all the time so for me um it's it's another name for it um yeah
0: yeah were you afraid it wasn't going to end
1: no you know what i um i don't know much about astrology i know my family history has always said we're super stubborn they have said that that's very that you're a stubborn kind of type so um at the time I was worried. And at the time I had a whole bunch of older people, you know, people that were just even slightly older than me say, like, oh, my 20s or like when I was 19, like best years of my life. And I was feeling like such garbage that I was terrified that it just went downhill from there. And so um I was I scared that it was going to go on forever? No, I I was so hell bent on like whatever I have to do to make this go away, I will do.
0: And so, what happened next?
1: So what happened
0: next is uh, I went
1: to um, I went to my doctor and we got a whole bunch of blood work run. I told her how I was feeling and nothing came back, just a setback. (laughs) (laughs) I I will still figure this out. And so I did, I feel like what everybody else does when they are lost, which is research the hell out of things on Google. Um, And I ended up finding mention of, and you are kind of left, like when when you've gone the route that I feel like I grew up knowing I was supposed to go. When you go the route, it's like I've been to the doctor, we got the blood work, and she says I am fine and I'm very clearly not fine. What's kind of magical is you only have the natural side left because it's the only thing that you can actually go and purchase or um kind of do for yourself in that state. So, um so what was next? Then I I ended up on this amazing um, website that was talking about spirulina, which is an algae. Mm -hmm. Um, and, uh, it was kind of touting all of the benefits, which of which there are so many still to this day, it's phenomenal. Um, and, uh, it was a really inspiring read where I was like, you know what, I'm going to try this. And I had tried like maybe a greens powder in the past, but it was flavored and, I never really noticed any difference. And I was, and if anybody, I kind of explained that it's an analogy for anybody who's listening. Um, but I was so, if you've never tried Spirulina, it is very much like I akin it to drinking swamp water. Like it. <laughs> It is, if you're not flavoring it with anything, it's like full on is just gross. And at the time I was so desperate and I was so, I had been so inspired by this article and I had actually, which was such an accomplishment at that time. I'd actually gone to the store that day to get spirulina, which was like huge, huge for me. Um, and, uh, I started drinking it by the tablespoon several times a day in like four ounces of water. Like it was thick and bitter and like swampy and my teeth would be green after and like, and disgusting. And then I'd like start, like, I'd try to make it like taste a little bit better, like throw some lemon juice in there and it made it a little bit better, but it's still not great. And, um, I, it, with that alone, um, I started, it was just the thing that kind of started me out of the the rut that I had been in. Um, and then because it was something that was providing any kind of relief, it was like this fire just lit up where I was like, okay, what's next? Like, what's the next thing? Like, what's the next thing? Um, and, Through that time, because I was doing so much research and finding out all of this amazing stuff that food and superfoods and all of this other stuff can do for your body. I ended up, I was like printing off handouts for friends that had problems or like, and like they were so encouraged and like they would put it into use and then they were feeling better. And so it was just this cycle. Um. And I had still been a little lost. I had tried a few different kind of schooling areas and gone about a semester and been like, this really isn't for me. And then tried something else. And uh, I was fascinated by the body and by foods. And I always wanted to know why something was good for me. I knew that if I, if I knew why, then I could put it into place and so um i went to school to become a holistic nutritionist and um loved it like front row of the class every single <laughs> day like no book <laughs> out like showed up early which i'd never done in my life <laughs> and just like soaked everything up that i could like loved it and whenever there was anything that was about um, feeling exhausted or Uh, not waking up refreshed or which are all symptoms of different deficiencies. Whenever they came up in class, I was like, what do I need to throw down to, to make this go away? Like, and, and so it was this amazing journey of like really just throwing everything at my body and amping myself up so much that uh, four months into becoming a holistic nutritionist, um, i signed up for a full marathon and it was just like uh, i still i have goosebumps and like tingles going all down as i as i share it because it was just it it was and i always say like when i crossed that finish line after all of the training and all of the commitment and all of the really sticking to it i really feel like i walked ran into my new life and really left behind that stuckness or that burnt outness um, that I had experienced prior to.
0: Wow. (laughs) Wow. It's kind of what I have to say about that. Um, So you went through a lot of discovery and experimentation while you were in school. Oh, huge! To sort of yeah. figure out what was working for you.
1: Yeah, to figure out what was working for me, and then when you're when you're enrolled in something like that, um, you end up helping like all your friends and family. You're like, Will yeah. you sign up? <laughs> because I have more projects coming. And for the most part, like everybody was so open hearted and like totally excited to to feel great too. And I think maybe they had seen my transformation or, or they just had their own pulling, um, to feel better. But yeah, I, I still to this day, I think it's so important that practitioners, um, are trying everything for themselves and it's something I still do. And I always think like it would be so hard to help somebody with, let's say weight loss or energy or, any other kind of topic. If I wasn't doing that for myself daily, like if I didn't know how to cook healthily for myself, I could not help anybody with the recipes that they're using in their kitchens. And I think the same is true for, for so much that's out there. I like to try something and know that it had an effect on my body within a couple of days. And then I know that that will be a good fit. Now, obviously there are supplements specific to diseases that if I don't have them, there's no point in taking them for me specifically. But um, for the most part, yeah, for the energy or or the weight loss arenas, like I was doing everything. I was like all
0: in. <laughs> and one of the things that I like about the things that you write on your website, in your blog, on your Instagram is that even though you found which things work for you and the systems that work for you and, and all of that, you still are very much in tune with helping patients clients to make decisions that are good for them.
1: Oh, totally. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Which is yeah. really a great a talent because it's easy to get stuck in, you know, this is my idea of how things are supposed to work. Go.
1: Right. Yeah. Yeah. No. Um, No, I, (laughs) if I was stuck in a system, you know what? I had so many great clients at the beginning that really, um, there was groups of them where they'd come in for one thing specifically. Yep.
0: Um, <laughs> that's or, how it works in our practices. <laughs>
1: yeah. Yeah. Where you get like everybody with yeah. Hybrid issues. Yeah. You know, yeah.
0: Get,
1: like every, and you're like, what have they put into the air? Like, yeah. How is it that everybody, and yeah. And, and so you have to get creative. I think if you want to have results for people is like, okay, so where is this coming from? And there's nothing that I love more than like listening to someone. And I always have this brain. I think of like those little, um, for kids, those little books that are like the, the dot pictures where they'll connect all the dots and Mm -hmm. end up drawing this, this picture. I always like, if, if anybody who knows me ends up listening, um, uh, uh, they may have seen this face where like, I'm listening to you, but I'm also like thinking hard. And like in the background of my brain, I just feel like there's a connected dot that's going on that like eventually is like, ding, 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 like this is the main, or like, this is the root cause. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's really, I still, to this day, I have not put two people, even if they were coming in for the same issue on the same supplement plan. And certainly none of those people are on the same supplement plan that I'm on. Like it's, it's, everybody is so different. And the reasons that they got to where they are are so different that it would be crazy for me to have one kind of plan that worked point blank for everybody.
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly. And this is one of the things that I love about alternative medicine. If you're working with a practitioner that is not stuck in their own, you know, dogma, because in Chinese medicine, it's much the same. Two people can come in with migraines, but their diagnoses are completely different. Right. Completely different. And that face that you make when you're, you know, connecting dots, I'm making that face now as I listen to you. Oh, yeah.
1: (laughs) It's amazing. (laughs) I think it's so great. Like the people that are, that are really, really kind of gifted. I think in anything, I feel like a a car mechanic might make that face when you're like, there's a noise that's coming from the, and they could be thinking like, Oh, it's like this or this or this. Um, And I think it's, it's the same. Like, I feel like a body mechanic sometimes where I'm like, just listening and, and putting those pieces together. It's amazing. It's something I absolutely love doing.
0: I have, I'm uh, taking notes for all of the interviews that I'm doing in a book that my best friend had made, a notebook that my best friend had made for me. So it's a customized notebook and it says my name on it. And then it says health detective.
1: Oh yes. I love that. Yes. Right.
0: Yes. (laughs) So that's, that's kind of what you're talking about.
1: Oh, totally. And I have to say, I resonated with you immediately. And in the little chat that we had before this, and when you were talking about your experience, um, in, in China and there's so many little things where I'm like, yes, I feel you. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Yeah. It's pretty cool. Isn't it? That's what's been amazing about this whole process is that I've had that happen with so many of the guests. I would say I'm on episode, I'm recording episode 19 at the moment. And 17 of those conversations have been like, okay, this is good.
1: Wow, that's you know,
0: yeah, it's been it's really really great. It's really really and great good
1: for you. I just want to take a second to share my love. This is such an important topic, and I am so glad that you are that you've put this together. And you, I just think you're doing a phenomenal job. Like every day, and I've been careful to. I had mentioned this ahead of time, but I've been careful to try and um, avoid your Instagram a little bit just until after this interview was done. And now I'm so excited after (laughs) kind of like, listen. And I know there's just the one up, but so far, Um, but I have been, so excited because like every day as I've logged into Instagram to do my own work for the day or connect or anything like that, I've seen your, um, your story up like almost every single day. And I'm just like, I have been so excited for you as you've been going down this. Cause I think it's so, so important. And I think it's so wonderful that people are finally starting to know what burnout is as a term. Like when I started, um, Coaching back in 2012, um it, it wasn't a term that people threw around by any stretch.
0: No, and I went through it twice before I even started realizing it. Right. It wasn't until I heard the word that I was like, oh. Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah. So I'm just, I'm so thrilled. I feel
1: like so many people are going to benefit so much and I'm so excited for that.
0: Fingers crossed for that. My, my I keep joking with people that my mini goal is to end burnout culture.
1: I love that. <laughs> yes.
0: It's just That's a small a, goal.
1: Just a small one. Yeah.
0: NBD. No, no just big deal.
1: Casual, you know. Just
0: regular Tuesday would be yeah. fine.
1: <laughs> I love it.
0: Natalie, before we finish up, is there something that you feel like you would like to tell the guests? Is there a piece of advice that you would give? Is there something that's laying on your heart that you're thinking, you know what? I still need to get this thing out.
1: The thing that popped into my head as soon as you asked is just, I want every listener to kind of like scooch a little bit closer and just listen and listen good for a straight second. You are awesome you I, I cannot even tell you how amazing you are so so deeply and when you get through this which i completely believe that you can you are going to start to be able to recognize that you are awesome within yourself no matter how awful your mindset is about yourself right now that will change and when you start to see how awesome you are when you start to kind of lift through that veil and you actually start realizing how much you're doing and how big your dreams are and how worth it they are to say yes to, or to move forward on, or to commit to, even if it's a small kind of step-by-step program to get there. Um, Once you start processing all of that stuff, which I believe that you can you'll finally really know that. But if I have to be the kind of kickstarter to tell you that ahead of time and any part of you can grasp onto that message and hold
0: it, that's the only thing that I would love to say. Well, if that isn't an uplifting message to end a podcast on, I do not know what is. Natalie, thank you so much for your time and your energy and for being here and sharing with us the depths of your story today because I know that you allowed yourself to go into that story pretty deep and I really appreciate it.
1: Oh, of course. Well, thank you so much for having me. And thank you so much for being such an amazing and comforting um, podcast host.
0: (laughs) Thank you. All right, everybody. That wraps up one more episode of Fried: the ultimate guide to burnout podcast. If this resonated with you on any level, please do share it with your family, your friends, and anyone else that might need to hear it. We only get this message out there with your help. Also, if you haven't subscribed yet, take a minute now and subscribe so that you get every episode as soon as it comes up. And be sure to give us a rating so that we can keep doing our good work. All right. Until next time